We're not debt phobic. No. Debt is a tool. It totally is. And you should not be afraid of debt. You need to be educated on debt. You can have too much good debt and it becomes a huge liability. Or bad debt can be used as an asset to help you make more money. It's really outdated. And quite honestly, it, it just doesn't take enough information into consideration. It's oversimplified. Are you a six-figure household, but you're struggling to build wealth? Money isn't a problem, yet you don't have a financial strategy. You and your spouse just can't seem to get aligned, and it's holding you back. Welcome to Rad Money, the finance podcast for millennial married couples. We're Rebecca and Dylan. And our goal with this podcast is to help you stop arguing about money so you can start building real wealth. Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. Welcome to today's episode of the Rad Money Podcast, where we're discussing the fact that there's no such thing as good or bad debt. And no, we're also not just saying that all debt is bad debt. There's just another way that we think you should be looking at your debt and how you should be evaluating it. Yeah, it's all very bad debt. No, it's not that either. No, it's not very bad debt. No, I promise. It's just a different lens, like Rebecca's saying, to view your debt through. And uh, we think this is a better way to think about it. But before we get started, we have only four days left to take advantage of our offer to save $500 on the Abundant Marriage Program for married couples. If you apply and get started with us, then you will save $500 on the course Get your marriage and your money in order so that you can stop arguing about money and start building wealth with your spouse. We don't want to be spending time arguing and fighting with the person that we love the most. Like it should be us versus the world. Like I've said in a past episode, instead of us versus each other, you know, it just doesn't work that way. So we want to help you start to communicate better together, to understand each other, understand your needs and wants, and start building wealth so that. In the future, you'll have generational wealth that you'll be leaving behind for your family. Yeah, this program, it just keeps getting better and better too, y'all. I mean, we are constantly working on it to make it better. And this 12 weeks will completely change your marriage. It will completely change your life. And it's if you feel like you've struggled to get on the same page with your spouse, maybe you don't even argue about money. You don't fight about it. But you don't feel like you are communicating and really understand each other, have that level of understanding Uh so that you're building the life that you really want together effectively. This program is going to get you right on track and it just keeps getting better. Please don't miss this opportunity to, to save some money and just like get that much further ahead. But yeah, let's jump into the conversation that's really at hand today, which is... Talking about debt, is th- why is there no such thing as good or bad debt, Dylan? Yeah, well, because I think it's the wrong way to look at it. <laughs> but let me explain a little bit more of what I mean about that. Before we just talk about like the better way to look at it and everything, let's talk about what exactly is good and bad debt. What is the common definitions and what are we kind of being told? What are we being taught so that we understand this framework and this lens a little bit better? Yeah, exactly. So let's really start with what is good and bad debt. We've probably all heard debt described as either being good or bad debt. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. Googled this right now, you'd have a million hits for what it is and and what those different things mean. And it's a way that I think people have been looking at their debt for a very long time. But it's just it's really outdated. And quite honestly, it, it just doesn't take enough information into consideration. It's oversimplified. 
Yeah, I, would, I agree. It's oversimplified. And I just think that like the way that we handle money, the options that are available to us, it's, it's more confusing. And then thinking just purely good and bad can set you up for failure as we'll, we'll kind of get into here. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Because there's how good and de bad debt is described in theory. And then there's what actually plays out. Yeah, exactly. And then, yes. there's, then there's yes. reality of how people actually, because they're viewing it as good and bad debt, you know, whatever, that they end up falling into some really sneaky little traps. And it's just incorrect because traditionally good debt is considered, you know, anything that's going to help you build wealth. Good debt helps you build wealth. OK. And within those categories, like some examples of what is traditionally considered good debt is your education. So your student loans. Haha. -ha, everybody's laughing. Uh, <laughs> uh, your home and businesses. OK. I don't entirely disagree with the fact that those are things that can help you build wealth. But how most people actually end up buying those things, and we'll get into this a little bit, is that they still spend so much on them that it's actually more of a bad debt than a good debt because yep. it's not actually building wealth. It's really holding you back for other reasons. Right. So the categorization of good and bad can then get us in trouble because we're taking on so much, quote, good debt that it actually starts it works to become as a justification. Yo, that's a great way to put it. And so I bought so much house that I become house poor. And I know I'm jumping ahead here yeah. uh, to a certain extent, but like that's where that trouble really lies. For right. Sure. And then let's go to bad debt quickly. I mean, these are really common and you're going to be like, yep, I, I get that. Obviously, high interest debts like credit card is going to be bad. 20 something percent interest rate is insane. Cars are considered bad debt. Any type of consumer any, debt. Any kind of consumer good. Right. If you're taking out a personal loan to buy a boat. Okay. Bad debt. Right. All right. And yeah, you, you kind of nailed it. A really overly simplified definition of the two. Good debt equals helps me build wealth. Right. Bad debt equals high interest rates. So that's like the really broad brushstrokes that, that people paint this with. And like I said, it can end up being a really slippery slope and being used as a justification for going into debt for certain things actually don't have really the return that you need for it to build wealth for you. Right. So yeah, let's so let's talk about what's normal when you end up using debt the way that it's prescribed, like, oh, this is good debt, this is bad debt. What actually ends up happening? Well, what actually ends up happening, and we see this just with client after client, is that you actually end up, in reality, having some of all of these debts. Yes. And then it's like, okay, well, then what's the game that we're playing here? Are these good debts supposed to negate the bad debts? Or like we're just we just have some of all of these debts? And and now what? So I think even though we know that we are have debts that are bad, we still have them. Right. And it's not I think giving people a clear enough picture so that they know why they need to stay away from it. Debt is just really normalized in general. And it's like whenever you can't afford something that you want or need, we'll finance it. It doesn't matter. There's a way to get the, what I want. And so then we just start to collect the debts. And we've talked about this before and, and talked about cash flow and how it starts to eat up all of your, your available cash. It's all normalized. But yeah, what happens, we say, oh, a house is good debt. I can afford a little bit of extra house. Right. Yeah, that's the justifying. Right. Yes. And then what ends up happening if I take on more house than I need, I'm house poor, essentially. And then I can't do the things that I really want to do in life. Like I'm I'm spending more time at home and maintaining this this quote unquote asset. But I don't get to go on the vacation or spend. You're more just stuck. Yeah. I might you're have to stuck. work more hours. Financially, financially, you have no mobility and you're you're stuck and you bought so much house that it's not really an investment. Because you're barely above water. Yeah. If above water. Yeah. You know, you're treading. 
And I, and I think it's good to clarify right now, like your house that you live in is not a quote unquote investment. No. Oh my gosh. We should totally get into that sometime. Yeah. Because it, it's we just, should. it's it's a piggy bank. That's all it is. Right. So yeah, you can end up being house poor. That's incredibly normal. Another thing is having a car payment. And now we know that this falls into the, the quote unquote bad debt category. Yes. So I just think that considering a car always is bad debt, I think that that's a terrible way to look at it because especially in the world that we live in, if you don't have a car, how is the, how is that less important than your house or your student loans? I don't see how that's less important than well, your house or your student loans. Well, especially if the local job is going to pay you less than if you drove across town and you can make twice as much. Like let's like let's go where the money is, right? Like if we can increase our income significantly by having a car. And now we're not talking about buying the Mercedes, like maybe it's just the Honda Civic a baseline model just so you can get across town. You bought it from Billy Bob down the road, has 120,000 miles on it, but it gets you from A to B and it costs you 10 grand. It had to be Billy Bob. Of course it does, because he's a fictional character. Yeah. But but that's the point. Like you, There is utility in a vehicle. To get to the point of being wealthy, you need to look at your cars as a utility. Yeah, exactly. And it does have the ability to open up new markets for you, new job markets for you, new opportunities for you. So I think it's ignorant to consider a car as always being bad debt. Yeah. So again, this way of looking at it is flawed. Yes. And then finally, your student loans. Yeah. I mean, talk about uh, a huge mistake if you take on too much student loan debt for the job that you're going to have in the future. And this is what we're all like pretty upset about, right? right? Is that we were taught that student loans are good debt and it's fine and you're going to totally benefit off of this. But the majority, I feel like, of millennials don't use their degree. No, I mean, not at all. I know very few people who are actually using their degree. And so that right there says you that, well, there was a miscalculation in that return on investment. If you got the degree and now you've got five figures of student loan debt plus it's still following you around, that's just not good debt. And so you know, as you can kind of possibly tell, we're kind of starting to recategorize these these debts as debts that are costing you more than they're benefiting you, or what we haven't really started to really dig into yet, which is debt that's actually helping you build wealth. That's how we propose that you really look at your debts. So the way that we want you to actually start thinking about debt is not good or bad, because as you can see, you can have too much good debt and it becomes a huge liability, or bad debt can be used as an asset to help you make more money. So we don't want to say good or bad anymore. We want to think about it in terms of productive. So it's either making you money or unproductive. It's costing you money. Yeah, exactly. And and really, it's funny because, again, we're talking about all debts here. However, you if something is a productive debt, i.e. it's making you money, then that means that it's a debt that's tied to an actual asset, something that's actually cranking out some cash flow or some sort of earnings that you're going to actually you're going to get to benefit from. Right. And so it is still a liability, but it is tied to an actual cash producing asset. Right. So think about a home, for example, like your home isn't going to be bringing you a monthly paycheck. But if you owned a, a multifamily unit or a handful of apartments and those are giving you a paycheck every month, that's different, right? That's actually an asset that's paying you money each and every month. So it is a productive debt. And then back to your primary residence, like, yes, that's not necessarily something we're not saying you shouldn't have a mortgage, you should pay for your house cash or whatever. But we are saying since it isn't necessarily a cash producing property, 
then all you're really doing there is building that equity. So in your primary home, does it fit into the productive category? No, it doesn't fit in productive, but it wouldn't be unproductive either, right? It's just a way to rethink it and say, how much house should I buy, Yeah. right? And so if I'm buying so much house that it's costing me so much of my income, if a huge primary chunk of my monthly income is going to the house, then I'm not thinking about this properly. And then I'm screwed because I can't invest. That's really what it's all about. Hopefully you like your house. Yeah. But, but you can't invest in other ways. Right. And that's the thing that people just like, they're so short-sighted and they don't think about it enough. Yeah. And so think of the car, right? Like the car, if I buy uh, a luxury vehicle that's costing me a bunch of money that I really can't afford. I mean, obviously that's bad, but if I'm buying a, a reliable vehicle that can get me across town to get that job that pays more, then that's going to be productive debt because now I can drive across town to make more money, get the benefits from this job and the company match in the 401k that I've made up in this story. Yeah, this totally hypothetical situation. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, definitely when you get into the fact that maybe you started a business and you have a truck because it's your work truck, you, yeah. or, you know, all those sorts of examples. Um, I think it's just really important to to learn, and this is what was missing in our financial education before we all got into student loan debt, was the ability to analyze the return on the investment of the debt. Yeah. And to actually realistically look at not only like what's the career that I'm going to be getting this degree for, but how much is it going to pay over time? Then we can look at lifetime earnings, of course. Um, but then also what's an appropriate level of debt for me to take on for this? And then what are other avenues that I need to take? to maybe pay for it. But enough people weren't skilled in that. They weren't taught that. And so they got degrees that they didn't end up using or they didn't have the payoff that maybe they hoped they would. Right. And they're still working on paying off that debt. I mean, and it's still so bad. I swear. Like, again, on social media, you'll see, you know, those people who like walk on the street and ask randos how much they think they should make straight out of college. And people are still, and I remember this as an employer, you know, they thought that like straight out of college, they'd be making 70 100k and it's just like oh you're so cute that's so funny you know yeah, that, <laughs> takes, like... that takes time experience and here's the key skills yeah you have to have skills if you're going to start making an income like what are you going to do with the degree yeah and what are the skills that you're actually going to learn in that degree mm -hmm. or what is the knowledge that you're going to obtain that makes you that valuable in the marketplace yeah 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 so that's really the key here is that to be able to determine if it's productive or non-productive debt you just need to be able to analyze what the return on that investment is really going to be. Really focus heavily on cash flow, how much either it's taking or it's giving you. Yes. And that is going to be how you evaluate if this debt is something that you should take on or not. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's really just a different way to look at it. We've given plenty of examples now, and I hope that paints a clearer picture for you as to like how to view the debt yeah. moving forward. Because we're not debt phobic, people. No, we're not. That debt is a tool. Like it's just it it totally is. And you should not be afraid of debt. You need to be educated on debt. A hundred percent smart about how the debts that you take on. You need to understand what it's really going to mean through the life of the loan and all these sorts of things. It's a really valuable skill to have. And this is how if you start to take this information and you go back and you look at your personal debts, you say, oh, well, what is productive and what's non-productive? And then you start really focusing in on paying off those non-productive debts really aggressively. That is going to be so impactful for your total financial picture. And it's going to open up the door for you to take on more productive assets or to use debt wisely moving forward to get you those productive assets. 
Yeah, I totally agree with this. If you're doing what's normal, like Rebecca's saying, if you've got a bunch of different debts, be aggressive and pay down those non-productive debts. Listen to Monday's episode where we talk about a debt snowball and a debt avalanche and use those tools to get yourself out of debt to, to get more cash flow that you can actually start using that to invest or potentially use to leverage productive debt so that you can start accessing more cash flow in the future. Yes, it's, it's really like it's a priority within the priority. You know, start with the th- if people look at things, you know, strictly on balance balances or interest rate. But it is this is like a higher level. This is your debt management 102 uh, right. kind of course of like, well, before you even look at it like that, let's look at productive versus non-productive. And let's really focus in on the non-productive debts. And then again, what this is going to do is it's going to improve your debt to income ratio. It's going to free up your cash flow. Which is huge. Which is going to be really important for you as you look to add more assets to the asset column. Whether you finance it or not, you need to have more cash flow. That's for certain. Right. And you just need to have more freedom within, within your financial situation. So that's why we say there's no such thing as good or bad debt. We want you to really just throw that out the window. It doesn't, it, we promise it's really not serving you. Instead, reframe it and look at it as productive or non-productive debt. And that's really going to help you to be able to analyze your return on investment and see how this debt is is potentially going to help you actually build wealth or not. And that's going to lead to better financial decisions that are going to get you closer to where you really want to be. That's a great recap, Rebecca. It really just sums up everything that we wanted to talk about today about good versus bad debt doesn't exist. It's productive or non-productive. And so that's today's episode. And we just want to say thank you for being here and listening. We really appreciate you being here and giving us your valuable time. If you found this episode helpful at all, please share it with somebody. And most importantly, share it with your spouse. Yes. And also, if you have five minutes, if you could, and you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a review. It really helps us grow. And it means the world to us. We love reading what you like about the podcast. So please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. But with that, that's everything for this week. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dylan. And and we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.